And uh, <clears throat> now I want to talk about Ephesians, but before I do, I want to pray for us to study together. Dear God, thank you for this uh, beautiful morning, Lord, for your great grace and mercy toward us uh, in that while we were yet sinners, at the right time, uh, Christ died for the ungodly, uh, Lord, that you've adopted us as your children, uh, Lord, that you've given us your Holy Spirit to empower us to be uh, together, the body of Christ, and Lord, that you've given us the scriptures this morning in particular. I'm so thankful for Ephesians. I was just reminded this morning how packed it is with uh, the story of our salvation and that your grace to us and and your uh, your intention and your will for our life here together uh, as we as we serve and and live together uh, as your children here on this earth. Uh, Lord, so I just pray that you would uh, open our hearts and minds by your spirit to your word this morning as we look at it together, that we would um, uh, be brought closer to you and be brought um, uh, to a fuller uh, knowledge of you and the walk that you have for us to do in the power of your spirit. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, all right, so we've been working our way through Ephesians, and now we have reached Ephesians 5. And uh, when I was studying Ephesians 5, one of the things I thought was uh, it's kind of Ephesians 4 continued. So I know you all have been studying the past two weeks Ephesians 4. I think, I think it was a two, took two weeks to cover Ephesians 4. And uh, so I, I think if you, if, as you, we look at Ephesians 5, we'll, we'll feel like, yeah, all right, it's really kind of continuing the same stream of thought and, you know, get, getting us some more ideas and kind of little, little principles to help remember it all by are, are provided in Ephesians 5. Uh, before we start... Uh, could I ask for someone to volunteer to read Ephesians 5? Now, we're not going to do the whole Ephesians 5. Larry is going to do Ephesians 5, 22 and beyond next week. Is that right? So we're doing 1 through 21. So that's the part uh, I'm looking to get a volunteer to read. 1 through... Alan's going to do it. Okay. Go ahead. <clears throat> Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering of sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God, kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be part, do not become partners with him. 
For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reference for Christ. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate that. <clears throat> so, well, there's a lot there. Uh, uh, we will try to get uh, to talk about all of it. Um, <clears throat> Uh, what in this passage might you pick out as a theme verse? For this 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 particular five one through twenty one, is there is there a verse or two in there that strikes you as a theme verse or a summary of of it? Verse 1 and 2, follow God as example, and therefore as dearly loved children, walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. But verse 8 is also, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, or walk. So we've got this, uh, yes, I like those. So we've got, it's sort of uh, walk in love. Walk as light. <clears throat> Between those two. And uh, I, I agree. I, I think verses 1 and 2, maybe uh, verse 8, it's because it's, the rest of it is like describing that, right? So, uh, so yeah. So you've got sort of the idea, the principle of walk, walking in love as beloved children, walking in the light, because you, you are light, um, <clears throat> as themes for this, for this passage. Um, now, I always, uh, it's interesting if you start reading a passage, and the very first word in this passage is, therefore. And of course, uh, we've all heard people say when it comes to the Bible study, when you know you should stop and say, "What is the therefore? Therefore, right?" And uh, so it usually means it's now because of because of in light of the above, you know, in light of the above, the following, right? And uh, where do we think the therefore uh, at, in verse five one is referring to? <clears throat> to forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. 
It's which is verse that's verse four what? Four four thirty two. Four thirty two. Be yes, be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And that, you know, that whole paragraph back up to verse 25 is a big, is a therefore. Mm -hmm. So then I, uh, when I was doing this, I said, okay, well, so this is like uh, another set of things that are therefore, and I kept looking up. So further up, we get in, uh, and I think this is part of what you studied last week, 17 through 24, which is about putting off the old self. It's um, well, it's con- it's basically contrasting the old, you know, the, the way we used to live, the way the world lives, with uh, with with how we should live in Christ. I keep having to go up further. <clears throat> And it's uh, all about being till we all attain the unity of the faith. If we're talking, you know, it's talking about building up the body so we will no longer be children. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ. So, from whom the whole from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint from which it is equipped and each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So it's almost like the whole first part of Ephesians chapters 1 through 3, we're still thereforeing off the fact that we are children of Christ, adopted children of God and uh, have, a, have a new, we're a new creation. So it's therefore, since we are a new creation, therefore... <clears throat> And uh, we had therefores in uh, chapter 4, and we start chapter 5 with a therefore. Uh, So we're a new creation, which means we're going to look different than we used to look. And how did we used to look? We used to look like the world still looks. right? So we've got an ongoing reference point to the, the... what we used to look like when we were children of wrath, we were like what we see around us in the world, but now we're a new creation and we're going to look different. And how that looks is a lot about what chapter four was about and now what chapter five is about. What is it, you know, how are we looking different? Uh, And uh, it starts out here with this in verse 5, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Uh, okay, imitators of God. What's an, what's imita- what does imitation mean? We use the word imitate. Act like. Act like. To do, act the, things, like. To do the things he does. Do, do, act like he does, mm-hmm. Right. And uh, so God, now there's, there's uh, of course, God. I have a reference. We won't jump to it just because we all know this. But can we see God? No. Not exactly, right? No, no God's invisible. That's the reference we could have jumped to. There's a verse that says 
God's invisible and no one's ever seen him. So how do we, where do we look to, to, to see what God's like? Jesus. To Jesus, right? We're starting off with the easier questions. We'll get to the harder questions. We're, we are, we got Jesus. We got Jesus. In the Old Testament days, they had the law to give them an idea of what God was like, and they had interactions with God. In the scriptures, they could kind of get a feel for what God was like. But we have the advantage of having seen Jesus and having a lot of writings to refer to about, you know, what Jesus did and what he was like. <clears throat> and, and when we say imitate, uh, we, we're, we're talking about acting like, right? That was the acting like. So <clears throat> it's action. It's action. We can't really think like Jesus exactly. We used to have bracelets. I never wore one because I don't wear bracelets except a watch. But um, kids wore them a lot. What would Jesus do? The WWJD bracelet. <clears throat> what would Jesus do? And, uh, of course, any, any trend like that we like to make fun of. I'm talking about when I say we, it was probably me and my brother. We're like, <laughs> what would Jesus do? That's like if you're a golfer, we would say this. That's like if you're a golfer, to have a bracelet that, that meant WWTWD. <laughs> what would Tiger Woods do? <clears throat> because that's, that, you know... We weren't going to be able to just jump to what Jesus, you know, what would Jesus do? But we can imitate Jesus. So, you know, and if, if you're a golfer and you could perfectly imitate, perfectly imitate Tiger Woods, you could be as good as Tiger Woods. <laughs> right? If you did everything exactly the way he would do it. Right? So, but we have the, uh, but we do have Jesus as an example and uh, <clears throat> so that's a, that just starts us off. That's maybe why that's a, a good nomination for the theme verse. We're going to imitate Jesus. Hey, Shul, Yes. If I may. Yeah. That, uh, that first verse just makes me think of any kid looking to their parent. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, the dad's out cutting the grass and the kid pushes his little toy mower next to him, you know, or... Yeah little daughter puts on makeup or whatever yeah and uh there's just a, a closeness a proximity of being around the, the adult figure um like an admiration yeah yes and uh and we are god's children it's right in that verse as beloved children and um <clears throat> uh and then he says and walk in love and points out, like Christ did, as Christ. So you might even say, what does he mean by be imitators of God? What he means is, and walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So, what, what, what would we say about the, the nature of the, Christ's love for us? That we could imitate. He's basically saying, imitate this. Self-emptying. 
self-emptying, self-emptying, self-sacrificial. So Jesus walked, of course, perfectly in love. So he actually never did anything for a selfish reason. But he, I mean, he ate. Okay, he ate. Uh, and he needed to eat. You know, he, he took care of his, himself. But uh, basically all of his activities and actions and words were for the benefit of other people. Right? And his, his whole life was for the benefit of other people in the end. Uh, he gave himself up for us, ultimately. But if you think about how he lived, he lived like that. So he lived for the benefit of, if he had a conversation with someone, it was for someone, it wasn't for his benefit. It was for their benefit, or maybe, in, and also maybe in some cases, since it got recorded so we could hear it later, for our benefit, that he had that conversation. He said things so that we would eventually hear them. And, uh, but he was saying them to that person for their benefit. Um, so he lived for other people's, and he lived by loving. It meant basically always trying to take care of other people. That's what Christ's love was like. Um, so in a way, we can think about what Jesus would do, right? And the, the thing is, he would, if we, and we will always have, he may, he was tempted in every way as we are, right? So he probably had all the same thoughts of doing something for himself that we would have. You know, like if I, I come in the kitchen, I'm thinking, hmm, what's in the fridge that I could eat? You know, I'm not thinking about taking care of anything. So uh, the, the, we could imitate Christ in that mindset. Um, and we'd be doing it just because we know he did it. Uh, we do have the, you know, also the advantage of the Holy Spirit, which empowers us to do it, makes us sort of gives God a way to answer the prayer of showing us what he would want us to do next or in any circumstance. Uh, so, imitating God by imitating Christ, by walking in love, uh, and then I think really we get into what does that look like? Some more examples. There were examples in chapter 4 of what this looks like, and he's going to say, he's going to give us more examples of what this looks like walking in love. So if we look at, uh, let's look at verses um, 3 through 5, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper <clears throat> among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, and instead let there be thanksgiving, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God.
All right, a couple of things here. What do we think about covetousness being put in the same sentence as sexual immorality? It's desire. Uh, it's based on desire. It is a, a covetousness. It's a um, being one of the Ten Commandments. Also, uh, it's desire something that's not yours. It's not rightfully yours. It doesn't rightfully belong to you. And so, sexual immorality stems from desiring something that's not appropriate. That that is not yours. And not appropriate outside the bounds yeah. of marriage does not belong to you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, I mean, even when it's in the Ten Commandments, I mean, that's a really great way of looking at it, isn't it? It's in, it's, that it's actually a form of covetousness. So covetousness is even kind of upstream in a more general category of inappropriate behavior and I guess maybe the reason we dial back our I feel like we treat covetousness as not as important as sexual immorality um, well for one thing covetousness it's it's in your head right so far it hasn't involved any other people but it sets you up doesn't it it sets you up and and I think covetousness shows us how vulnerable. If we, if we think about covetousness, it shows us how vulnerably, vulnerable, vulnerable we are. Because I don't know about you, but I probably covet something every few you know, minutes. It's our natural inclination. It's our human nature. As humans, as, it's our natural in, inclination to assign degrees, different sense, so we don't feel as bad as ourselves, <laughs> or maybe we think we're a little more okay than this person over here. Yeah, yeah. Like you, I've often thought that the uh, that one commandment and ten commandments covetous is one we kind of gloss over. Just doesn't seem right as by. serious. <laughs> and I've been thinking lately that uh, you look at what's going on in the world today politically or all around. Everything's about uh, politicians or civil rights people that are just preying on people's desire. You need to have someone else's money. You need to have someone else's position. You need to have someone else's car. You need, everything's about coveting something that you don't, that doesn't belong to you instead of being content with such things as you have. We're teaching people to covet things yes. and go after those things. I mean, to the point where we, you know, men want to be women and women want to be people. We're coveting even people's sex, you know, yeah. us, uh, our, our sexual bit of uh, biology. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Another person's sexual biology, where we want something so bad that covetous of where it becomes bad, we'll do anything to get it and we'll step over laws yeah. and principles of decorum that we should not we should not uh, do in order to get those things not realizing that it's leading us to our own self-destruction and let's not forget that uh, Adam and Eve's sin was <coughs> coveting God's power they 
they wanted to be gods unto themselves, mm -hmm. which is idolatry. Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> if that was the thing that that caused them to be ejected from the garden, we shouldn't think of it as just a little minor thing. Kind of a minor thing, yeah. Ron. Well, and part of this, just trying to think of and teasing out different chaining things. I think sometimes people can confuse coveting with just ambition. And ambition is not wrong by itself. Somewhere like we were talking last week of anger. But and I just, I'm just curious in terms ambition. of what you're thinking in terms of ambition, wanting to better yourself versus coveting, and how we would differentiate one. Because I could see one as being fine, the other one being sinful. Yes. Well, so idolatry. Two saying two people could yeah. look kind of the same on the outside, one who's just ambitious versus the other who covets. Right. I would think that's based on what's driving the ambition, right? So we have an ambition to imitate Christ. But ambition is uh, an energy to, to make something happen, right? It's to, to make something happen. Uh, and we, we might, we, we might have an ambition to do, to be better at our job. So we're called to do our job. We're called to do as well at it as we can. We have an ambition to do better at our job. We're going to get some training. We're going to study under somebody who's better at it already. Wouldn't they, wouldn't they difference between ambition and, and covetousness? You, you said ambition is an energy in order to pursue it goal or something yeah. like that. Wouldn't the, the difference be a matter of possession? Like, uh, so I have an ambition to, to achieve a certain goal to be, to, let's just say I, I have an ambition to attain a certain amount of wealth honestly versus I have an ambition to take another man's wealth, then that would then become covetedness. Yeah. It's, it's, it's when yeah. the thing belongs to someone else that you want that's not someone you. else. That, that's probably, it's a good question, Ron. It's probably, if you want something that belongs to somebody else, or it wouldn't rightfully be yours. That's coveting. And he calls it idolatry. Which is idolatry in parentheses? Which is idolatry? So are we, is it displacing God? In our in our, our, our getting this thing displacing God in our thinking and in our pursuit. It's are, almost like too like our motives for wanting mm -hmm. something. Like if you like we want to expand our house, you know, we want to expand it so that we can host more people mm -hmm. and do different things, and you know, so it can serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. We don't want to expand our house because. We're just satisfied because we covet what other people have. Yeah. <clears throat> there have been times where we have done that. Sure. There, you know, there's been times where we'll look at another house and we'll covet it, and you know. Jesus, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll joke about it, but we do know it's the truth that you yeah. do covet a bigger house sometimes for a different. You just kind of want it now. Yeah. Or you covet it because someone else has it, but there is a difference in wanting. Uh, the motive behind why you want something, yeah. And if you if you want something because you're jealous that someone else has it, or if you want 
something because you want to do something with it or serve yeah. with it. Yeah. And I think you can still. Sorry, I think you can still be covetousness, covetous, even if your motive seems to be right in your eyes. Anyway, mm -hmm. like wanting, I know I was there. We were in a very small house. Um, climbing all over each other. I wanted that big house. Imagine mm -hmm. what we could do, Lord, if we had a big house. Mm -hmm. Imagine the people we could have over and mm -hmm. serve. Imagine, you know, my motives were good, mm -hmm. but for so many years, that's that it consumed me. It, you know, yeah. and so even though my motives were good in that, it's I was still covetous. Yeah. You know, and it's still and not that, satisfied. Right, not, not being satisfied. content yeah. and satisfied. And let, let's not forget that. Uh, the doctrine of complete depravity or total depravity means that even the good things that we desire are marred and tainted by sin. Right. So I think here we can say uh, maybe our takeaway from this is so when we look at something and say I want that 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 should raise a flag. We should be thinking then. Well, now, is that did I just covet that? Am I coveting? And um, am I satisfied with with what I have? If I don't have that, am I trusting God with what I already have? Uh, and just check our heart on this, and don't you know? Don't keep an eye out for covetousness. It should not be named among us. The thing about it is, and maybe the reason we wanted to spend some time on it this morning is because, I mean, we can name sexual idolatry among us or sexual immorality among us because of its visibility. We, we got to name covetousness inside our own heads. So, um, <clears throat> well, there's, there's a way to appreciate something without coveting. That's yeah, fine. that's yeah, a fine example of a 66 Corvette. Do I actually want it? Oh, no, I don't want that thing. <laughs> but I can see it's a fine example. I can appreciate well, it. Well, yeah. and then there's another piece of it, which I think walking in love and light, and we are talking last week about essentially are we building each other up? Mm -hmm. And when we covet, it's almost like we're tearing ourselves yeah. down, like we're not enough or we're, some, we're not, not something, enough. we're lacking in something, yep. not having the gratitude or appreciation. Instead, so we're not... We're not even maintaining ourselves. We're destroying ourselves in light of something else that something would else. Um, complete us, which yeah. isn't God. Yeah. yeah, picking up on that is that covenant is a desire. It's just there's an inordinate desire for mm -hmm. it because Scripture does also tell us to covet good things, mm -hmm. and that's your check. You know, mm -hmm. why am I wanting this thing? Mm -hmm. Am I wanting it? based upon scriptural principles for self -pleasure. to glorify Christ mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that. Because you may need a bigger house to glorify Christ. Yeah. You may need, you know, um, to rise up in income to glorify Christ, whatever. Yeah. But you got to let, but what we do is wait for God to put us in that position. Or if he doesn't give us that position, be content and figure out where he wants us. But God does tell them, scripture does tell us desire, the good things, desire exactly. to be like Christ, desire to, desire to be holy and right righteous and things like that to do good things yeah. so we are to have desires mm -hmm. we just got to check them against the self desire self self-serving desire correct others serving god and others desire um <clears throat> i think a key word too is but rather thanksgiving 
which gets right to what Victor was just saying. Yeah. And then in verse 20, always giving thanks. Mm-hmm. Because if you're discontent where you are, if you're if you're not making your ambitions and you're discontent, I think that's a sign that your ambitions are. What Ron was saying, you're tearing. You're, you're basically. Yeah. It's a it's a destructive thing to be discontented, right? Rather than thankful, mm-hmm. it is because dis, discontent is breeds bitterness, breeds. Uh, I mean, it's that. I mean, it's a discontentedness is is a symptom of covet of this kind of coveting that we're talking There's about. There's a piece of where you're not enough without. So, yeah. And then once you get that realization, you're still not enough because of the track that you're on. Yeah. As opposed to gratitude and thankfulness <clears throat> for what you do have, and then when you do get more, you're just grateful for that thing. So it, it leads you down a different path. To like the thoughts and you know worldview that you have. Right. The uh, there's a couple other things in these first few verses. Uh, oh my, we're gonna have to move quickly. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I don't. I think that was all very good. I mean, if that if that's the majority of what we talk about this morning, making ourselves mindful of covetousness would be worth the price of admission uh, this morning. Um, so other traps, which again I think are. Our traps for us, I call them traps in my notes, which were, what were they mentioned here? Filthiness, which is like being vulgar. Uh, foolish talk. Crude joking. What was the, is that what they called it? Crude joking. Yep. <clears throat> well, these are also things that are all around us, that characterize the world, it seems like, more and more. And should be should not characterize us so uh luckily they're pretty easy to see right but unluckily they're hard to avoid one one reason they're easy to see is because they're hard to avoid i mean you go to your workplace there's going to be crude joking in most people's workplaces and you're standing there now what I mean, you're going to have to try to not be around when you think that's going to happen. But that might, so we can't, we can't, we, we're called not to participate. Uh, what's it say? Uh, <clears throat> and, and why are these? Instead, Thanksgiving. So certainly, in, in 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 no circumstance would we be, it would be it would be appropriate for us to be doing these things, let alone be around them. Right? I mean, we can't avoid being around them, but we can't avoid participating or doing uh, or approving, appearing to approve, which is really hard sometimes. To, you know, something inappropriate happens, and I don't want to appear to approve that, but I'd be the only person in the room not laughing. Right? So. Uh, <clears throat> let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience so well all those things were about words foolish talk crude joking um <clears throat> 
And then in five, in five, six and seven, let no one deceive you with the, because, sorry, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. So, partnership. darkness have to do with the light yeah so that's basically setting yourself up to be stuck being involved in this kind of thing right like so if your workplace is loaded with this it wouldn't be unwise to start looking for a different workplace it's not so bad for example for example you, you, you know if you can or to if you if it talks about partnering like that's like sounds like a business partnership, right? Or a club. So we we wouldn't want to join a club where this is a lot of what goes on. And that's certainly within our control. And that's the advice here is don't partner, right? Like don't set yourself up to be unavoidably in this, right? Ron? When I was growing up, the family trains roofing. So it's like you do anything was proofing. Yeah. But work and most of the people I work with were missing teeth or been in jail and they just but I didn't swear and they would egg me on and have that background give me to, but just something I didn't do. And after a while of harassment they'd stop and just it was just like he doesn't swear. So yeah, you know. I guess there's a part of it too where I guess just for myself it's easy to avoid leave things but I'm not sure that's always the, the best thing to do or sometimes it's not even possible not even possible and I think that's actually segueing into this next section which I think if we can get it, it this is this is really right on this um, <clears throat> if you look at verses 8 and 10 8 through 10 it says therefore do not become partners with them Semicolon. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. So <clears throat> this is gets into the walking as light, we mentioned as, as, as part of a theme for this. And it, I think it gets to Ron's example. So we're in the world. And, I mean, you could imagine somebody in Ron's position saying, Hey, you guys shouldn't be swearing. Well, is that going to have any effect on them swearing? No. We, we, we are pressed for time and we could look up these verses. Uh, um, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Uh <clears throat> Those who practice evil hate the light and do not come to the light, lest their deeds be exposed. So, um, exposing 
It says, but rather expose them, these, these darkness things. And we're like, well, but then it says, it's shameful to even speak of them. So it's like, how do we reconcile that? And I think Ron's example, if there's a, a, a uh, if, we're in a, if we're a believer in a workplace where there's a lot of swearing and we don't swear, What, what is the effect? Lifestyle. It's a lifestyle thing. Jesus said to ask the Father to uh, not to take us out of the world, but keep us from the evil. And as I was, when I was looking at this, I'm light here because this one I'm thinking, wait a minute, light. We have to, we're around this stuff. At nighttime, you see flickers of light, headlights, candles, whatever. Mm -hmm. In darkness, there still is light. And it, points people towards something. And I think as our as Christians with it, uh, we're we're lights in the world that our lifestyle is that uh, reflection or that speaking against it. Sometimes we have to verbally say it, mm -hmm. a lot of times it can come across just uh, like Ron said in our uh, just by living it and people see something different and pretty soon they begin to they may ask you, why do you live differently or whatever, or they just sense it on, the, on their own. Now, you may get persecuted for it, which is going to happen too. However, uh, that's, that's part of the Christian, that's part of the Christian way sure. of doing But we, we, we can be in it and around it without partaking of it. And I think that is, in essence, most of what this is talking about in terms of exposing it. So, if we walk, if we live as children of light, then that creates contrast. Like it's it it's uh, it makes the it, it enables or makes visible the fact that uh, these other these other behaviors aren't the best, aren't right, right? It gives it gives it, the Holy Spirit might use that that uh, contrast to convict someone of sin and start them on that road to salvation so that that contrast i mean that's why we don't go live in a compound right we don't go live in a compound and send out messages about how all that out there is evil we we live in the world and but our life Practices our lifestyle, if you will, is in contrast with the world, and that—that's what makes it kind of you know it, it highlights the problems with the world. Now, most of the world is going to try to very much ignore that, but that is <clears throat> when when we're called to be salt and light. That's what it is. We, if you you don't. Like uh, Jesus says in John, we don't light a candle and then stick it under a bushel, so it doesn't light the room up. This this lights here for the reason of lighting up the room. So, um, producing the effects of light. Now, almost... Well, while you're finding out, it's probably even more common. It's just people tear each other down much more commonly. It's mm -hmm. sort of like the American thing. It's 
recognize somebody as overnight success, not that they worked really hard for 10 or 15 years and then became successful in some yeah. hard work to build a craft, but tearing people down, counseling, all of that, um, that's probably more common and just even the workplace, just snide comments and tearing people down instead of building yeah. them up. Yeah. And how do you speak honest, honestly about things and build people up at the same time? How do you <clears> love <throat> people and speak honestly? And I think that's that's a tricky thing that most people we all struggle with. But I think yeah. that's one way that can yeah. distinguish us is you can speak honestly and care about people and try and help them through things rather than destroy yeah. and walk away. Yeah. I think it's much more common in the workplace right. just daily. Yeah, or even amongst your own family. Mm -hmm. We had this discussion with our kids just a couple of days ago. Hey, don't tear each other down. This this joking about how she's stupid or about how he's ugly. That's not. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to lift each other up. We're supposed to care for one another. So offer the boy a book. <laughs> well, <coughs> excuse me, you can see how this continuously being a thankful person would be shining light all over everywhere you went because it is, people are generally not thankful and the opposite about whoever they're with uh, or they get with somebody who's you know, like their clique and everybody's not there is they can make fun of them together and so forth. Whereas if you're a person who basically walks around thank in a thankful mode, what is that? You're appreciating things, right? You can appreciate a coworker uh, if you're looking to do it. And I remember a guy we hired once who was just a, a person who walked around appreciating people and saying nice things about them and stuff. And uh, some of the crew didn't thought this guy must be a, just a fraud. Because nobody is that happy. <laughs> but he, he was he was the real deal, and uh, I was like, yeah, how come I'm not more? Yeah. Um, one of the things I was thinking about as you've been talking about this is is how important it is to be. Um, you know, we're so focused on being able to point the finger at other people versus just looking at our own hearts and mm -hmm. where we're at and. And we're instructed to do that, to, to evaluate ourselves, mm -hmm. and to see that we're in the faith, right? And mm -hmm. it made me think about um, just the progression of sin and, and looking at Psalm 1, 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. It made me think about that progression. Mm -hmm. You get more and more and comfortable. Yeah, I mean, and and I saw this in my own life. It was it was so interesting how the Lord gave me this verse at one point in my life, and to memorize it, even to think about it, and then, and then I saw how that those very that progression took place mm -hmm. in my life and led mm -hmm. into sin, you know, mm -hmm. and and it's like, um, <laughs> made me think about the dentist when he was, you know, put a little Q-tip on there and numb my skin, and then sticks a needle in there and I don't feel that, you know, mm -hmm. and as he keeps mm -hmm. going, he keeps numbing it and I'm mm -hmm. not feeling it, I'm not mm -hmm. feeling it, you know, but yet he's going deeper and deeper, mm -hmm. you know, and the same kind of thing I'm thinking with sin, you know, um, if, if we do not take the simple things that God has given us to recognize where we are at, 
-hmm. we are numbed by the sin, mm -hmm. you know, and blinded to it. And so we progress further and mm -hmm. further before you know it. Mm -hmm. We're we're in a mess. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, I'm thinking what you're talking about is so key, so important for the just the purpose of daily living and to see where we're at and like something as simple as recognizing if I can't even be thankful for the meal that's set before me, mm -hmm. you know, like I know sometimes we struggle. Who who would like to bless the meal or pray for the meal, you know? <laughs> and and it's I think about that and I think, aren't we grateful mm -hmm. for that, you know? And and if we're not, then what's the problem? Mm -hmm. Why are we not grateful? You yeah. Know? Anyway. Yeah. Amen. Well, uh, let's let's uh, wrap up. We're a little over time. I want to just read the last few verses here and mention one or two things. Look carefully then. This is verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. We could add that here. Walk as wise. Uh... <clears throat> making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Submitting to one another in out of reverence for Christ, so it's it's wrapping up, thinking about walking as wise. We, uh, if anyone lacks wisdom, in James one, James one, <laughs> I can't remember the verse. Let him ask of God, who gives generously and without. Uh, finding fault. So even though we don't, you know, even though we, we may need wisdom because we screwed something up, he's, he's, he's forgiving that and giving the wisdom we ask for. We need that wisdom. That's how we discern what the will of God is as we walk along. And uh, of course, uh, duh, I saw some notes from my brother on this passage and he said, he said, uh, uh, he's talking about the uh, don't be drunk with wine. He says, yeah, what spirit are you under the influence of? <laughs> and think of the difference in outcomes. You know, I don't know if anyone here has ever been drunk, but it, in my experience, does not ever leave anywhere good, right? It could be anywhere from bad to worse. So it's like, what spirit are you under the influence of? That kind of spirit, where things are going to go downhill and all this stuff will be out the window or the Holy Spirit, where you're, you're going to uh, understand the will of God, what the will of God is. And that's like from moment to moment. If we're going to walk in love and walk as light and walk in wisdom, uh, that's all we don't have in our own selves the, the capability to imitate Christ like this, but with the Holy Spirit and with God's, God's power and God's provision, we can. We, we walk in the Spirit. We walk in dependence, walking knowing that we are depending on, on God to enable us to do this.
And then finally, I love this because this is about us being together. At the end, addressing, how do we know we're filled with the Spirit? Because we're addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We're singing and making melody to the Lord with our hearts. So that's, you know, inside and outside. We're giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, which is the serving. That's the loving by serving. I'm, I'm, I'm putting your needs ahead of mine, and you're putting my needs ahead of yours. That's how we interact with each other. And it's how we interact with people in general, is, is, is what, how can I serve them? And that's shining light in this world. <clears throat> so it seems like there's bookends to this whole um, section. The, the therefore be imitators of God and then um, giving thanks to God and the Father and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another and this imitation of God as Christ himself said the, the two most important aspects of the law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbors as yourself, mm -hmm. which he did perfectly. Now, this doesn't say, therefore, be perfect imitators of God, because in this life we can't be perfect, but we can, we can strive to be <clears throat> imitators of God, who Christ loved us Love your neighbor as yourself mm -hmm. and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so then at the end of this section, addressing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, building one another up, reminding us to be thankful to God for all that we have, for everything thanks and always for everything. Wait a minute. Everything is categorical. Mm -hmm. so, so we should give thanks. I should give thanks that I have diabetes and heart disease. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, <laughs> I should be thankful for mm -hmm. that. Just like you should be thankful mm -hmm. for having kidney issues. Mm -hmm. um, because that's encompassed in everything. Yeah. So how do we do that? by imitating Christ. And we do it out of reverence for Christ. <clears throat> and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. We cannot lift ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Uh, we, the power to do any of this in our, in our current world, in our current bodies, is the power of God, not in the world. All right, let me close us in prayer. Thank you, Damien. I couldn't have wrapped this up better myself. <laughs> Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this time this morning in your word. Lord, I pray that you would remind us in the coming days uh, of uh, the power of your spirit to enable us to walk as uh, beloved children uh, in, in light and in wisdom and in love. Uh, Lord, to show us 
how we can love uh, those around us uh, from moment to moment uh, in, as we walk. And I pray that you would be with us in this coming service, that we would sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with joy in our hearts and thanksgiving to each other and to you. Lord, that you would be uh, lifted up and uh, it would be a fragrant offering to you. In Jesus' name.